Um, okay, so... We're, we're going to start with an um. <laughs> we are starting with an um. Uh, I had a couple things I wanted to... You know, I wanted to do my usual, like, I have a question for you. But before that, I wanted to finish talking about drinking. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I really feel like you didn't let me explore that topic enough. You know, where I... I there's things I wanted to say about it that we didn't finish. Were, were you thinking about this last night while you were drinking? <laughs> no, that's why I started drinking. So oh, okay. I would stop thinking. I see. You forgot how... Let me tell you how drinking works. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for, apparently. <laughs> and then we'll do the tech stuff. Okay. Okay, so here's one thing, another truth about drinking that you know we don't tell the young people is that some like some hangovers like are not bad things like not all hangovers are equal and they're not all bad they're not all out of a fucking movie where you're like i've had hangovers where like my legs hurt uh, that's like you know when it's really bad when like when it hurts to stand up and you <laughs> uh-huh. you like feel the acid in your legs and, and all that like that's that's bad okay but I'm talking about the like the like mild hangovers where you wake up and you like you know you wake up at like 10 a.m. or something and you just want pancakes like you just really need pancakes and like or you, you go to brunch with your friends and you you're not really listening to anything they're saying you're just waiting for the pancakes and. Or, like, you have to go to some event because you agreed to go to some birthday party during the day on a Saturday at a pool. So you're saying this is character building? No, I, I'm saying, like, it may, like some, there's th- certain things about the ha- like those really mild hangovers that make life, like, kind of nice. Like, like, <laughs> like, you take a nap during the party and you miss half of it, but you don't regret that, you know? Sure, <laughs> or, that, yeah. yeah. But it's or kind the of pancakes. A, there's no pleasure. Taste that much sweeter, right? There's no pleasure without pain. Is kind of where this is going, right? Yeah, or just the the numbing. Like I've I've had dates where I was like the dates went really well because I was a little bit hungover or a lot hungover. <laughs> the, the dates went well in the morning because you were because hungover. like you just like I just didn't give a shit. Like I didn't give a shit if the date went well or not. You know, like. I was just, I was just like barely there. And because like, I was just like, oh yeah, like we're, we're eating things and like, oh yeah, you're here. And then like, I just was saying whatever I wanted to say. Cause I really just didn't care. All right. So it puts you in a state where like, uh, yeah, you don't care. You're very low level and, and just pancakes make you feel a happiness that normal, uh, mental processes wouldn't let you enjoy as much. Yes. And also Everything, like, the volume on other things is, like, toned down. You know what I mean? And, and like, let's just, rec- like, I, am I alone on this? <laughs> I mean, I get the, for me, it's a there's no, there's no pleasure without pain thing. Like, I get the, like, feeling better after you have that first meal of a mild hangover is so good that it's almost worth feeling a little bad just to feel the good. Uh, that's where I'm with you on this. Which tells me a lot about your sex life, which actually leads me <laughs> <Okay>. to my <laughs> my next question. Well, my, well, hypo- my I was gonna say, according to the outline, it's Boris Johnson, so that's a weird segue. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Oh yeah. So we're gonna. I'm gonna give you my my random question. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna mention Boris Johnson. 
Okay, but I think you're gonna like the Boris Johnson thing because <laughs> okay, it's like related Boris to Johnson. tech, and it, it'll be like a transition into tech talk. Okay, my random question related to sex stuff: If you could go back, like, to the first time you had sex, which is probably just like a few weeks ago, yeah, or I was gonna say, I think it's pretty clear in the memory. <laughs> <laughs> and you could give yourself one sentence of advice, one sentence, uh, like a hundred, hundred. 50 characters or less or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> what What is that piece of advice? Uh, it, so, it sounds like that uh, ABC, the more you know, like, it, it, don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> That's similar to what to what my answer is. Is that your final answer? Yeah, although, although I had it, I did wait long enough that I think I had a lot of... Uh, other people's reflective advices to go on so i really didn't really didn't bother me that much oh you mean you were so late that like your friends already had advice for you well i'm trying to think i it had to be like 24 ish three oh, oh really 20? yeah what are you an mit graduate or something well, jesus christ i didn't i was physics and i didn't do much else in college oh jeez. i mean yours what would your advice be back to you know 12 year old eli be like don't i mean there's a there's a lot of things i could say that is probably not for the podcast <laughs> so I just, i'll skip all of them um I'm, yeah i'm gonna tell my parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, like don't no matter what he says tell no. tell your mom no i it was very similar to you which was like my first response was just like whatever like it doesn't it doesn't really matter you know i saw you know american pie when i was in high school it's such a cliche that like oh it's just really bad the first time that you should make a slapstick comedy about it so it's not like I went in having expectations super high or something. So, I, like most things in life, I didn't, I didn't go in with these unrealistic, optimistic <laughs> things, and then have. You're like clearly after you saw that movie, you're like clearly I'm not gonna sleep with the hot girl. So, I, but maybe <laughs> I have a chance with my friend's mom. She seems lonely. <laughs> That's the lesson I learned. <laughs> like, I feel like I could. I'm at that level. All, all those like slapsticky things where it's like a comically bad first times, you know, which are just obviously the writers making light of something in their life that wasn't good. So it's not like I went in thinking, oh, no, this is really going to be a magical moment, despite what, you know, the Christian school makes you believe about it. <laughs> like it's some super special thing. But uh, yeah, so I didn't I didn't really think it's just like anything else. It'll probably it'll probably suck out of the first time, but I'll get better at it quicker than most people. I think that accurately describes describes. Okay. <laughs> my, my mentality going okay, into okay, it. Okay. <laughs> what was yours to yourself? Just no big deal. Yeah, whatever. But Just but did I, you did you have like a big uh, expectations going in, and then were like really disappointed or something? No, I think if I'm you know it's a while ago. It's hard for me to remember back like a year. <laughs> childhood um, childhood memories. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The. Uh, <laughs> I think I remember, uh, like, being nervous I might not last long enough or something, you know, but it was, like, the opposite problem, where I just <laughs> felt nervous or, like, about that or, like, and also, like, it wasn't great. So, like, I, I, wa I, I was worried about, you know, the gal I was with as, as well, so I was, like, kind of, like, thinking about that kind of stuff, so wasn't like is this high school eli by the way or, or? yeah it's high school were you like first of your friends or like middle or last of your friends i i think i was first 
okay. It's like opposite bragging rights at the school I went to. Like, I'm sure there were people doing it, but I, I don't remember anyone talking about it like it was a cool thing. It was a way cooler thing to, like, show up. Like, there's like requ- there was, like, required Bible class, first period, and then prayer stuff. And then, like, the cool thing was to just show up, like, before school started and pray at the flag. That was, The bragging rights were all around that kind of stuff. Jesus. Or, or it's like, oh, you know. Oh, sorry. Like we're, we're yeah, blast me. We're like, you know, we're we're you're dating a girl and you're not doing anything. Like that's the bragging thing. Like we don't even do this. And it's like bragging rights are like how much you're not doing because you're more pure than everyone else. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there were people that didn't care. Obviously, I mean, I knew some of them, but like they they weren't really talking about that much because it was kind of like I think you could get in trouble actually. I think you get like suspended or expelled if people found out. So I think maybe there was that was the reason even like those kids weren't saying anything about it. Yeah. It was a weird place. Ohio, right? <laughs> well, it's Ohio, but I don't think that's a very Ohio experience. I think it's more the Amish uh, and farming that that those stereotypes apply, but I don't think that many I mean, obviously not that many people were going to Christian school because my classes were like third grade to fifth grade in one room and then like seventh and eighth in one room and then like k through k through three was like one room so one teacher for each for like would teach like three grades so i don't think it was that popular (laughs) or maybe the the real reason they didn't want to talk about it because you you don't have that many available partners so you're like (laughs) (laughs) this is a segue to a topic i'm sure you didn't want to hear about but i watched the bachelor the last season oh, and, <laughs> and it was weird because they oddly the one of the girls that lasted all the way to the end turned out to be like this super devout like i'm saving myself for marriage and then like super looking down on the other girls but then like you went on the bachelor which the american version much different than the japanese they, they kiss like every girl and then like the last three girls you get like a night in the fantasy suite with each of them so it's like obviously they're like usually sleeping with each of them and like she gives them like an ultimatum she's like by the way i'm really they never go out and say like exactly what they they are they just said like i my faith is really important to me and it would really (laughs) that's why i just do anal (laughs) it's like i would really that's a good youtube uh, song about that uh but they then she's like you know but it would really hurt me if you did anything with these other two girls and and it's like well you're on this show what do you this is season like 16. It's not season one. You know what happens on the show. <laughs> like, how would you go on there? And then, and then she, you know, she dresses just like everyone else, like extremely revealing and whatnot, and you know, attractive girl. But then she's like, you know, I'm basically coming off like a Baptist, which is like super strict Christianity one. When she goes home, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was just really bizarre. But where she is that she came from that exact same background where it's like it's a braggy thing that you can use to put down other people and show your higher social status. And so her community is exactly the same way because it's like, oh, I see you, you had sex before. So, yeah, well, this group is only for virgins in the church, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. But, yeah, it was just weird, though. They, they, I mean, obviously, the producers know what they're doing, man. They, they, they pick the right people to cause drama. But Yeah, well, maybe when she returns, like when she goes back to her social like community and like even though she went on the show, if she still didn't sleep with the guy, then it's like it maybe even boosts that because there was like that pressure that she didn't succumb to. So I kind of think it's my you know dark conspiracy theory is I think that's actually BS. I think she went on the show. Of course she's gonna say it on TV because of how much clout that gives her. But she, she also slept with him. That's what you think. No, 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 not him. Before, like she's she's done it before. She was like twenty five, I think. 
You think she slept with the producers? Not like that bad, but I'm sure she's had a boyfriend before, and I'm sure she's done stuff. But she can't, she's not going to say it on TV, right? Her whole personality and her whole social status at home are built around this This as being, like, the most important driving factor in her life. She's not going to go on TV and say that she she's not a virgin, you know? But but yeah, I don't think I don't think it was she was that into him, and that's a really good reason to like get off the show. But then like put yourself all the way to the last episode so that you're like can come off as like a, a middle celebrity and use it to launch your Instagram account. I don't know, like something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> but it was just weird that there that things still exist, man. There's still these these communities that it's like it's like the reverse thing, uh, where to build a you're better than other people. Okay, so I want to talk about Boris Johnson partially okay so you saw like I, I told you i posted about just some jokes about boris johnson just as i do from time to time but you want to know something odd a couple days ago was it a day or two ago my post got flagged Ooh. on facebook yeah and then well, what did um, you say by the way was it in support of boris johnson yeah well, i think so this is supporting him right uh, Boris Johnson is managing the coronavirus, Liz, coronavirus like he manages his hair. Uh, also, he speaks with the preparation eloquence of a high school student who is not the top of his class, but he really wants to get a B for his presentation so his parents don't forbid him from hanging out with his friend Tim and playing video games all weekend. So it wasn't like hate speech. Weird. I thought you were a lot. So what was the flag, by the way? What did they tell you? Yeah, so it just says like, oh, you get a, you got like a notification that's a support message, and then it says this post goes against our community standards on spam, but it doesn't tell you any specifics, and then it gives you like a choice of how to respond to it, like you agree or disagree. So there's no like, it just you just say like you you agree or disagree, but it doesn't like say anything else will happen after that. It just says like no one else can see your post. But then I think the post might be I, – I said I disagree. I, I think Boris Johnson has great hair. Well, I thought it was going to get flagged for like politi- like some political thing. and I, I th- I, Yeah, that's weird. I, I don't know about the no, spam thing. No, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm wondering if they're just doing like blanket flags, and it's really getting flagged because of a political thing, but they're not going to say that, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just like a blanket statement. Well, I know, I know. Right now, they're doing they're all doing all kinds of crazy stuff, trying to filter out disinformation of coronavirus, and, and so they might have some. It might have for some. I don't know. It was a really wordy post, so you might have confused the AI in a way that they did like a classification on that into like some. You know, they bucketed it into like seven categories. And one of those categories, combined with Boris, since it's like he's he's in the news for the Corona stuff, might have might have got that as spam. You're right; it might be just a general term they're doing right now to to get rid of those as spam. But so I included a link with that one, which was to the BBC. So so that's one odd thing too is like it's from a reputable source, BBC, and it's about uh, when Mr. Johnson gave like a you know speech about coronavirus. Ah, uh, um, okay. That's, that's so, interesting. That's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And then there's no after I said like I disagree, there was nothing about it. But I think the post got visible to other people again or something because someone else liked it later on. You know, I 
I was listening to uh, well now I can listen to the Stratechery updates because ha- he has a podcast now so now I just listen to him but he ha- I don't know if it was the free thing that he puts out to everyone or if it was a paid one but he, he had an interesting uh, point that I'll- I can try to summarize on it with something like you know when this started happening in the U.S. some some doctor in Seattle broke like the news of the re- the test results on Twitter even though the government was telling him not to. And that's, that saved like four days. That gave it like four days in, in advance of when we probably would have known about outbreaks because like they didn't approve of something in the test method or something yet. I don't know. But basically the government was telling them not to say anything. And he went ahead and did it on Twitter. And then that, then it, that spread like crazy all throughout Seattle. And then people started staying home and they, they, so you can credit that guy for like four days advance notice than we would have got if, if they were following what the government did. And his point, anyway, the trajectory point was kind of like, this is the double-edged sword of Twitter. Like, you can go viral with news to save people, even though the government would be telling you not to. And then, yeah, sure, the signal to noise now is really big with, like, disinformation of coronavirus. But, like, maybe a better indicator was, like, at the beginning, most people talking about coronavirus were people putting out good information. And there was, like, a high, there was, like, very little noise, and it was all signal, and it was all better information. Because it was like doctors yeah. and people, but now it's like people sharing crazy stuff, and you know. But you have to live with kind of both of these. Otherwise, if you do, it is kind of weird now. Though they are trying to like block all these, all this information, and the way that they're doing it is by saying, "Is it coming from the government or not?" <laughs> like, so now if the, if they would have applied this at the beginning, you never would have got this. So it's kind of a weird litmus test to be like, let's just go with what the government is saying as the only source of truth, and ignore any other comments. <laughs> well, it's it's a weird like I, I find it very weird like that we're as a society we're finding all this like acceptable p- to be done as it is currently be done being done like on YouTube and Facebook because it's like well if we didn't want our to like shouldn't we have some agency over what we filter on like why why like isn't that why we create our friend groups and like our follow people on YouTube is so we can choose like if I want to if someone wants to look at crazy you know, shit, they can read the Bible. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, no, but like it, you can do whatever you want. Like I, I don't. Well, but look at, look what happens when people read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I see what camp you're in. You're, you're like, you got to hide like, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just think we should be ha- like, what if, if you're an adult, you should have, uh, be able to select the information you're filtering on. Well, it's probably. like, it's like when you watch a TV show and they're like, self discretion is advised. Well, it's like, what else was I going to do when I watched this? Like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what, I wasn't aware. I, there were shows I was watching and I wasn't self discretioning if I want to watch it or not. <laughs> but I guess that's a good, that's a good signal. And when you see that, because otherwise you're in a Facebook or YouTube situation where it's like clearly not self-discretion. Yeah, I guess you know maybe maybe the guy that shares my opinion like that was the compromise he got in that meeting was <laughs> let's just put a thing at the beginning that says that says self-discretion advised. Yeah, <laughs> like, and they're like, okay, well we can be okay with that. I'm gonna start putting that in my Facebook post. Self-discretion <laughs> is advised. You fucking <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I mean like I don't know how else people read things. I mean my dad's quoting weird things, but he's not getting it from Twitter. He's getting it from the TV. You know, they need self-discretion advised like before every new show. 
I don't know, or like the opinions expressed herein might not be true. <laughs> you know, all those kind of disclaimer things. But it is weird now, but the, now like Facebook and Twitter are just being like, okay, is this like the government's official statement? No? Okay, then we can't put it on here because it could not be true. <laughs> like, yeah, the government has a really great track record of only reporting, even in this alone, right? <laughs> like, yeah. if it was just like, we're going to ban, in, unless you're Trump, uh, no one else is allowed to talk about this because he's the, you know, he's our president and he's going to tell us to get information. Is, is that what you want? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> no matter what, I don't think that's that's what you want, no matter what side you're on. That's pretty crazy. But Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I, never, I don't post, but, uh, you know, the flagging thing's interesting to hear that that's happening. It was weird because then the I posted again on Boris Johnson, you know, just saying like, uh, what did I say, you know, Boris Johnson was one of those kids that nominated himself for class president. <laughs> but I'm, totally. Yeah, I could just see that, and then like, uh, Boris Johnson was the kind of kid that didn't realize when the other kids were making fun of him. <laughs> you know, like there is that kid though. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like something's and this off. This is where about they end him. up. This is where yeah. they end up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, those didn't get flagged, but those didn't include an article link. From I well, I mean, it is kind of fair, fair that they would put some BBCs. Maybe, maybe that's an wasn't an opinion uh, yeah. article. Maybe, maybe it has to be like a not an opinion article on CNN. I don't know. I was uh, I was you know doing I was roasting Boris Johnson like uh, weeks ago when when coronaviruses was in China. Boris Johnson had said like, he was like making a speech or something. I just saw a picture of him. And I was like, you know, he, he Boris Johnson looks like he has the coronavirus, but that, but that was before it even had gone to the UK. <laughs> well, you, you saw the UK's res- basic response, right? I think they are dialing it back now. But you saw the, what, how they're going to combat this, right? They're doing lockdown, aren't they, in London now? La- so my news maybe my news maybe a day old, but uh, herd immunity is their strategy. Yeah, that was their original one. I think that was like. <laughs> yeah. I know the herd immunity thing is so bad. <laughs> My impression, though, is like the U.S. press got a hold of that, and they're like, "Well, that's dumber than what our president said. Let's <laughs> yes. let's let's talk about that for a while." But then, so, like, like, I think Netherlands is on to that too. They're like, "We're going to follow the U.K.'s lead and just do herd immunity," which is to say, no. nothing. We're just not going to do anything. <laughs> We're going to send you your package of Corona in the mail, and then if everyone gets it, we'll we'll be through this really quick. Oh, that was, uh, so I was going to say, you were talking about Twitter a while back. That reminds me of something that's ha- been happening in tech that we haven't talked about, which is the Silver Lake um, investment in Twitter, which reminded me of our other conversation about you were saying like what could be done in Japan to like maybe improve the economy or something. You were, we were mostly talking about VC stuff. But the Silver Lake announcement. So, so the Silver Lake is a firm, like private equity, I, I guess you know, and they bought a big chunk of Twitter, which also bought them like three board seats. I want to say I think it could be off by one or two, but I think it bought them like three board seats, and also you know, which is essentially shareholder activism, and now they're gonna like be pushing for you know. Uh, progressive changes, let's say, at Twitter, which might include, you know, getting Jack Dorsey under some kind of closer supervision to start with, let's say. 
And a lot of people are saying this is a really good thing because this this comes from that one. I, I don't I didn't know the details of this, but is is it that one investor that they're always talking about? Is this his? There's always one investor that they always talk about that it, Elliot. It was like, he was trying to get he was trying to get rid of him, uh, Dorsey. I think so. Okay. I, I, yeah, I think it might be uh, Elliot, right? Is Silver Lake and Elliot Management? But I think that I think it comes from that thing, and then they came to an agreement, uh, both with making the investment and not immediately getting rid of Dorsey. That yeah, they have some kind of way to move forward. And I think you know that's going to make that is going to improve Twitter as a platform and company. And then I, it just relates to you. You don't really see so shareholder activism is kind of to me like an exciting topic. <laughs> yeah. Beak, uh, is, does that sound like? Uh, that sounds like a very Eli comment, comment right yeah. there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one is because, like I think a lot of firms in Japan would benefit from it, right? Of course, it's just not happening. But basically, you know, a lot of people talk about oh, improving uh, like the board. What is it called when you basically like make sure the board is doing its job at a company? Like the yeah board oversight type thing yeah like yeah. oversight kind of things um and responsibilities of the board but i think there would be a large benefit from shareholder activism in japan but i also don't think i don't know if it's really like really how do i say possible to happen like in because one is like co- companies in the japanese government are so close and a good example of when how things go wrong is like the Nissan, Renault, uh, was there another one, Mitsubishi, right, like right. trifecta thingy, where they did. I, I get Renault has a shareholding in Nissan. It might be reverse as well, but like getting there's just so much resistance, and even the government may assist those companies with pushing back against like foreign. Um, True. Yeah. Shareholders, so it's like I don't know. It's, it, I mean, it makes for some exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 overall probably better things will happen from it uh, in Twitter's case. And yeah, I, I don't know what some results of other times in the past where this is there, there's been somebody as uh, you know trying to do a similar thing like with Twitter, and that I don't know. Does that lead to like companies splitting in the past or? Like, what are other outcomes from this kind of... That's that's one of the things is, like, I wish there was more data about that kind of stuff. So it's, like, even for ventures, like, I, I, I want to see the, like, the data about what happens when the CEO is replaced. Like, how often is that a good thing and how often is that a bad thing? And, like, uh, maybe it's a good thing at, you know, later mature stage. Maybe it's a really bad thing early on and, like, sinks the company. I just want to see, like, what... But, of course, that, that'll never happen because... Uh, like no one who who fucked that up, like no VC that fucked that up would share that data. Yeah, and there's a lot. Of, it's a lot of variables here, right? It's hard to. I'm just, the only examples I can think of is like you have uh, Steve Jobs leaving, coming back, and a lot of times getting rid of the guy or girl who started the company. Like when you get to a certain point of like, especially when they're micromanaging types. That that's like really good for like under 100 employees, and then when you all of a sudden have 500 employees, it's not scalable. And then usually someone who's more who's just run 500 person employee companies is better at it. 
but then not the innovation side is what is the down right so it, it, i don't know it's hard i guess is returning value to shareholders short term those those kind of people always do better but then long term they don't it's, so it's a really hard thing to and like yeah i guess you're getting those incentives aligned might be tough like if you're a private equity firm like maybe your your goal post or like when you want to liquidate is shorter I assume, or like shorter than some of the other shareholders, let's say. So how do you, there's like a conflicting interests. Yeah. And then you have the ones where it's like, they do all kinds of, like Uber did a lot of crazy things with like breaking the law or bending the law type things. And then, I don't know, if that, if that all of a sudden there's a backlash when you become big, then like you have to leave. I don't know. It's like, it takes a certain kind of person to grow it and then it takes a different kind of person to. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the, you might have, you might need a scapegoat for something. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, too, right? I think I think that happens a lot. Like a lot of times, when you see CEOs get rid of it's it's more scapegoating. Uh, and then, yeah, sometimes that that does work though, you know. Except in the case of Nissan, which just like went the other direction, just made like everything worse. Um, so uh, combi- combining kind of a businessy and and Corona thing, um, I was talking with a friend yesterday, and definitely in Japan there are some English schools already going under. And I was curious what you thought, whenever this settles down, whether it's six months or 18 months, like there's going to be a good amount of these businesses that go going out. Some of them are probably the ones that are already dying, like after two weeks, uh, you know, that's happening in the U.S. and Japan. They probably they're living on hairstring budgets as it was if they can if they die after two weeks of no customers. Yeah, and and I know like some of them are paying, or at least initially were paying out to their teachers like a sixty percent rate of their salary. Well, that's a government thing. No, no, no. I don't. Was it a government thing? I thought like some companies were choosing to do so. Well, there's certain situations that like if your company tells you to go home and not go to work, they still have to pay you legally sixty percent of your salary. Okay, but that's going to be depending on the contract, and mo- a lot of a lot of uh, teachers at like a- so the ALTs that are working through agencies that basically working at public schools, so far they're they're just fine. They're, the government's just like paying their salaries as normal, and they're just not going to work. But the Aikaiwa was it's it's it's, good, it's as good as your Aikaiwa was, and there's a lot of shitty. Well, you gotta say what the ALTs and the Aikaiwa, yeah. It's just working for a government school or working for like a private school, an after-school school. So those ones, you know, if they're run by someone who doesn't really know what they were supposed to be doing, or they're trying not to do all the legal things that they're supposed to be doing, those contracts are probably garbage, or maybe you don't even have contracts, right? And then right. those those people are just working and getting paid, but if you don't pay them, like there's nothing you're responsible for, technically. They're, they're just like part-time workers working hourly, and then they're gone, and you don't have to pay them. So, but anyway, uh, the government is giving you uh, some money if because of the shutdowns, but you have to open your books and show them all your financials. And because a lot of these companies are doing a lot of shady things, either on purpose or on accident, they don't want to do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, things are going to get pretty rough. But the ones that are shutting down, you know, after a month, those were probably going to shut down maybe anyway within the last but the, it's going to be a bigger thing i'm thinking if this goes on for like six months 12 months even if the government is injecting some amount of cash you're going to start getting like you know restaurants where you have like a, a wealthy person who inherited like a million dollars build up a restaurant and they're making you know their take home is maybe two hundred thousand dollars a year 
and they're paying, you know, some chefs good salaries, lots of waiters, like higher end, not high, high end, but higher end restaurants, you know, I don't think those can last. Uh, when those ones start dying, it's like, what? Now it's like all this kind of upper middle class people making $200,000 What? Are, and all those businesses dying with like 100 employees, you know, that's. Yeah, I think we were, we were talking about that, right? Like the not just the small, like starting to get into the medium size. Right? Yeah, like like relatively well run businesses, you know, where you were doing good, and like all those people now, they they might have like pretend they have some uh, six month savings in the, for the restaurant, right? And then they could just say, okay, we're gonna close the restaurant, but we're gonna still pay all of our wait, waiting staff. We're still gonna pay all our dishwashers, but they can't do that for six months. And then it's like, then maybe they keep doing it and they, they dip into their savings and start paying. But like at some point, even like these well-run or relatively well-run businesses start dying, then what does that look like? Anyway, that's like the gloom and doom scenario and like people saying 20% unemployment. But in in like a middle outcome scenario where just it cuts off like a whole layer of these companies, I don't know, is there, is there going to be some big opportunity for something to come in after all this? Or, you know, it, there's a lot of all, all these MMA things in China that are closing. They have, like, pretty good, you know, coaches. You think they should just go start robbing people on the street because <laughs> they're big and strong? Or, like, <laughs> it's going to be an easy career transition. <laughs> but it might, be, it might be the best time ever to start an MMA gym in a year, you know? Yeah, in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a restaurant. You know, I don't know. It could be... It, it, it's going to really suck for all the people in it now, but it might have a lot of opportunities for something. Or, or things like, did this just accelerate the death of a whole bunch of stuff, like uh, movie theaters? Like, they're all they're already going to die, and everyone thought movie theaters were going away anyway and getting replaced. So does this not just shortcut to the end of movie theaters? Yeah, I, I could definitely... I'm I'm on board with that one. I think it's... They're already they're delaying movies, and then they're gonna. We can't just sit on a movie for six months, and then everybody's at home. If you just make some quick deal and be like, okay, you can stream this movie that was gonna get released. Uh, maybe it doesn't do as good as it would have done, but maybe it does good enough. And then when this all comes back, people are just like, yeah, we're just gonna not bother <laughs> with movie theaters. Yeah, I mean, they were already they were already releasing like movies on online like very shortly after their theater release dates, right? So it's coming. Yeah, I, I don't see movie theaters, except for maybe the ones with like the really fancy couches. Like you want to go out, you want to go out on a date or something, and you don't want to talk to the person, but you still want to make out with them. Yeah, like, okay. you, you, like, <laughs> like, like, I could definitely, which is like that's a lot of people. Like, right? I, I like, guess. Like, I mean, so I, I think, think those, I think the, those ones are safe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, but you gotta. Who's gonna keep like the one in Rapungi? The only one I know that's couches is the one in Rapungi, and like the rent, the rent on that place has got to be ridiculous, right? So, so how many months can can they eat not like not having any revenue? Okay, I got a question for you. Say uh, you get, you know, you can uh, rent a, a movie theater for like in Rapungi for a thousand bucks a month. In Rapongi, what do you? What business do you turn that into? Ooh, uh, but you can't have anything where people gather. That's the problem. Or you mean when this comes back? Uh, I don't want to make it too complicated. I was gonna say like a paintball arena. Yeah, I was gonna say MMA gym. <laughs> <laughs> MMA gym. You know, I think this just it's gonna disappear. The, the rent's got to be ridiculous. Twenty thousand a month. Oh, I I got one. A quarantine center. <laughs> 
Okay, I always say hospital. <laughs> oh, oh, was that an option? Um, <laughs> well, I heard they're gonna. They were thinking to turn hotels into hospitals. That's. that's I feel what like hospitals are complicated. Like I don't really know anything about hospital. You know, yeah. but quarantine center. I, I, it's basically like a prison with water or something, right? Like I don't know. I guess you can play some movies for them. Uh, that would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I, what do you think the opportunities will be coming out of this? Like maybe you get rid of all those restaurants. And I had an idea before where you, I think I might have told you, you don't actually have a restaurant. You only have a delivery food app. This is this is from a long time ago. Now I guess delivery food is kind of a thing now. But the idea was just to have one restaurant that does four. That's like four different restaurants. And so you're making like Indian food, Italian food, and you, you just make to order whatever, and it ship. And then you can put that anywhere, and you don't have to pay a lot of rent. And then if you're if one restaurant sucks or you don't get a lot of sales, you just launch another e-restaurant. Yeah, I think um, they had they're working on that with cloud kitchens, right? I think that's the buzzword. Is like in the U.S. It's cloud kitchens. I see. I feel like something, something like society-wise, might just get straight up replaced or just disappear. Like movie theaters, that was like an obvious one I thought of. But like, uh, maybe something about restaurants just just fundamentally changes. Like maybe you you never get those back. Uh, or yeah, g- gyms will probably come back. But yeah, I don't know. I I think once it starts cutting into those like relatively good businesses uh that's going to be some crazy mayhem and but maybe some you know like i said big, big opportunity yeah i want to buy a movie theater now <laughs> sweet uh, there's a couple in ohio i could turn you on to kind of a... i want to play rated r movies <laughs> can do nc17 do whatever you want <laughs> it's just going to be you sitting there on the couch <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about movie theaters. Uh, no, no podcast apps. Yeah, let's take a break before we do that one. All right, cool.